Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Islanders country, hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono, joined once again by everyone's favorite Florida man, our permanent recurring guest, Mr. Andy Francis. Andy, how are you? Don't refer to me as like Jack Klompas here, okay? I'm not some distant Florida man. You think I've never driven in a Cadillac before? I'm doing all right, but getting ready to come home momentarily to new york so i'll be joining you in the cold rather soon you'll be coming home for christmas the islanders are coming home for christmas after uh well it's a five game road trip but their next game is thursday night at madison square garden so uh, presumably they slept in their own beds last night after a one nothing shootout loss to the avalanche um you know we'll just kind of take the the big picture look of these last four games you know four points in four games, I, I probably, I think I would have signed up for four points uh, through four games with it being Boston, Arizona, Vegas, and Colorado. But how they got the four points is kind of frustrating. Um, the fact that they left points to be had both in Boston and, and in Colorado because they become an inept team in the shootout. And then obviously losing uh, what appeared to be, at least on paper, the most winnable game, 5-4 to Arizona. So the end result I'm okay with, and the team seems like they're okay with it based on their comments uh, after the game in Colorado on Monday night. But, eh, you know, there, there was more to be had here. I think your hesitation is obviously deserve it because you're watching the games. And, yeah, you can, from a newspaper standpoint, you could say, well, you know, they're on a road trip. It's not like they're under 500. They're one, one, and two if they can snag a win against the Rangers. But as we've always said throughout the course of this year, whether they're at the top of the standings, bottom of the standings, it's the formula, and eventually the results are going to play out. We've talked about how they're bottom three in expected goals against throughout the majority of the year, but then, you know, we're all called Grinches and all this stuff when we're focusing on things like that because they're churning out the wins because you're getting Vezina-level play out of Sorokin and even Varlamov. So, you know, you're called the Grinch when you bring that up earlier in the year. But then when the actual goals against meet up with the expected goals against, you start blowing games left and right. And you're losing 5-4 to Arizona. You're losing to bad teams like Philadelphia. And then everyone gets angry. But you shouldn't be angry if you saw the witch's brew being stirred earlier in the year. So it's really what we're seeing right now is not a surprise to me. If there's any little positive they seemed to embrace somewhat of a defensive effort against Colorado. But when you look at the game versus Vegas and Colorado and just watch those third periods, it's the hockey equivalent of pull and pray. They're just praying that they don't <laughs> like they don't blow the lead or in the Colorado case, 
um, you know, fall behind one to nothing. I mean, if you look how badly they were outshot, and unfortunately, when they're trying to play that style, because they've abandoned the trot system, it's not like you're limiting teams to one or two chances. You're hemorrhaging chances. And that's why there's this general uneasy feeling about those results, because you're seeing the team just getting dominated in the third periods. You don't see that from other teams. You watch these other good teams. You never see something like that. It looks like they're holding on by a string. They're holding on like to to Sylvester Stallone's arm and cliffhanger. And they're just hoping that he can hold, they can hold on for a point. And I think that's what gives us this uneasy feeling about a road trip that actually isn't that bad right now. You know, I haven't seen Cliffhanger, but we'll we'll tackle that um, at an, at another time. I don't know how. You don't it's like an it's an obscure nineteen ninety four action movie. You, you don't have to. It's kind of kind of my wheelhouse right there. Usually, so um, <laughs> we'll have, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I mean, I, like after the first and second period, I was almost thinking, all right, well, this is one of the more responsible games that they have played defensively. Again, they're doing it without Adam Pellick, who's missed now seven consecutive games, still hasn't started skating. So you're all in all, you're like, okay, we like this. Maybe the team's a little bit tired uh, with all the travel. They're playing a more structured type. Um, Game And then, like you said, 19 to eight, they're outshot both in the third period and overtime. The Islanders did not have a shot in overtime, although they had a lot of possession. Um, so, yeah, they, they held on. And this was an Ilya Sorokin earned point. Uh, he stole a point. He wasn't able to steal two points. 46 saves. I know how much you love stats. 46 saves, the second most saves in a non-win shutout in NHL history. Uh, the 46 saves by Sorokin last night. Only uh, Curtis Joseph, um, as you remember, uh, his 52 save performance <laughs> on that in December in December of 1996 uh, versus Detroit um, had more. So you know, but it was good to see Sorokin obviously play back to this level. There was a thought, I think, prior to Verlamov uh, going out, 6:22 left in the third period against Vegas, that he had played well enough in Boston played well against Vegas and Sorokin's been in this dip and maybe you go back to him in Colorado. And obviously that was not an option. Uh, He's out. Corey Schneider got the emergency recall. He's on the bench yesterday and you're going, we really need Sorokin to, to kind of bring back that a game and you got his a plus plus game last night. So, you know, moving forward, as you look ahead to the Ranger game, he's probably going to get another start. I don't know. We're still waiting to hear out Liz when we're recording this what the status is of Arlamov. The point, okay, you wish you could have got a second one. You get the point on the road against a susceptible Colorado team with all the injuries that they have right now. But the big plus is that you saw vintage Ilya Yo. Yo. Okay. Can you so not hear me? Just take it. Just take it back from vintage Ilias. You saw vintage Ilias Sorokin. Okay. You saw vintage Ilias Sorokin, thirteenth career shutout last night. Yeah, and it was great to see. It's, I think, in order for them to progress and to do well and to find themselves in a playoff position, they're going to need that. And at some point, they're going to have to look in the mirror and embrace a different style of play. Because with the roster that they currently have constructed saying, oh, no, we're going to be able to figure this out. We're going to be able to outmaneuver and outscore our our opponents. It's simply not going to happen. And, you know, I was looking at like the Boston Bruins, for example. Why is it that under any coach that they have, you can ship in any coach? Why are they always difficult to score against? They've embraced the mentality. They, They have a coaching change. It's still tough to score against them. It was tough under the previous regimes, the one before. doesn't matter. Julian, Terrian, you throw someone behind that bench. As long as that core of veterans are there, it's like they hold everybody responsible. It's just frustrating to me that the Islanders have so many veterans and players aren't held accountable like they are in another veteran-laden team like Boston. And, you know, we don't have... Did you hear and read um, Lou Lamarillo's comments from Monday morning at the at the morning skate. Would you mind paraphrasing for me? 
I'll read them I, verbatim I, I, if you'd like. I saw that he. <laughs> I, 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 the only thing that I saw for him from him was what he mentioned about like Varlamov and stuff like that. They they asked him about his thoughts about how the La- the um, Lane Lambert system is how things are going so far for the Lane Lambert system, right? And um, he goes, all the questions, quote, all the questions about the offense, I think, have been answered. Whenever you do that, there is a little sacrifice on defense. I think that's where we're getting right now is a combination of both. Very pleased with the status of where we're at right now. Well, here is what I would say to Lou. I'm not one of these Lou haters like everybody else. But I actually did finally figure out the Lane Lambert system. You know, we've been talking about that sporadically throughout the course of this season. Like, what what, what is the Islander system? I figured it out. It's Barry Trotz's offense with Doug Waite's defense. That's currently <laughs> where – that is the current Islander system. That's what you get. No responsibility in your own end, but not some offensive outburst. You see many stretches of games. It's like – it's one thing – like that Arizona game, if every game was like that, you'd say, all right, that's the Doug White squad. 5-4, losing, scoring, giving up leads. But it's not. They go stretches. Like they got shut out last night, couldn't score more than one power play goal against the Flyers, shut out by Carolina. Like they get shut out and held under two a significant chunk of the time. So it's not like you're getting the constant offensive outburst. You're getting Trotz's offense with Waits' defense. And the one kind of ace in the hole is a goaltender that can steal it. No Halak, nobody like that this time. So you have a goaltender who can neutralize a bunch of those deficiencies. So that's kind of where we're at. The percentage of hope from me is gradually decreasing that there's going to be some moment, some grand realization of, oh, this we have to adjust our play. Because we're starting to get to the halfway point. And I'm one of those people who says none of this really counts until you're at like 50 games. And I still kind of I still kind of believe that. However, you start getting to the halfway point of the season and you start to see the same things for 40 games. It's growing increasingly unlikely that you're going to see a philosophy shift after that point. Yeah, and I was surprised a little bit about the comments by Lou because he's usually pretty straightforward and blunt. Like he's never had a problem to say – you know, this is where I feel like we're, we're, we're lacking. And he could have ever easily said, it's still an adjustment period. Uh, we're in a playoff position. Um, we've seen some good things, but obviously the team needs to uh, get better defensively. If we're going to, he could have said something like that and he didn't. Um, so I'm not sure if he just wanted to kind of give a vote of confidence, you know, to his handpicked coach uh, following uh, the dismissal of Barry Trotz. But, you know, I did find that comment a little bit interesting because I think any, you know, honest observer knows, uh, you know, what you had just said is that they're not showing really any kind of defensive philosophy currently that's been consistent throughout the season, other than hope that your goaltender plays well above average and either keeps you in games or puts you in a position to win games. And during this last dip, I mean, they've lost four out of five. You can sugarcoat it and say that they are, you know, one, one, and two in their last four, but they've lost four out of five games. They're now tied for eighth place in the conference for a playoff spot with other teams nipping at their heels. And it's, and it's mostly because they haven't been playing well uh, defensively. Uh, they played poor defensively against St. Louis. They played really poorly defensively against Arizona. And, um, you know, this is, this is the result. So a little bit surprised that uh, the coverage that, Lou seemed to to give with with that comment. Um, overall, a couple of bright spots I think over the last couple of days is you know, and someone you've talked about um, in the past is, is Simon Holstrom, and not just because he scored a goal, um, although that was a really pretty first NHL goal in Vegas the other night to give them the three one lead, but he seemed to be also more confident with the puck yesterday as well, and uh, was even creating some opportunities. So maybe that, you know, boosts the confidence offensively, gets him to unlock things a little bit more, and maybe he sticks a little bit. And then Hudson Fashing's a guy who, with Palmieri out of the lineup and Clutterbuck out of the lineup, you notice him. When he's on the ice, you notice his speed. He gives the team a different element. Uh, these are two guys that have been bright spots here as as kind of um, replaceable-type options, uh, reinforcement-type options for the Islanders with their without 100% being healthy that have, uh, I think, you know made an impression. Yeah, I think it's good. It's always good to at least have some energy pushing the older guys who don't just believe they're guaranteed a roster spot. You know, you think back to 
earlier iterations of the Islanders, even ones that weren't that great, but when they had Trent Hunter and just gave him a chance, when you give these younger guys a chance and at least to, to push for a top six spot, you know they're highly motivated. Sometimes that brings the best out of the guys in front of them. I thought Holmstrom since day one, if that was his uncomfortable phase, his unconfident phase, then great things are to come because I saw a guy who, remember, if you're not going well on offense, there's only so much you can do. Like if you're nervous around jittery around the puck, but defense is an intelligence and effort type of thing. And you saw that from him. And then naturally, as he grows more comfortable, the offensive strides will come with it. But I, I thought he never took away from the offense. I thought he you can put him with anyone and he can supplement that person. Like he won't do a Leo Komarov. He knows how to find guys. He knows how to play make. So it's not that there are detriments to the offense and then people who just aren't going to like score a bunch of goals, but can contribute and not take away. So he definitely falls into the latter and he, he offers more than that. And a team, like we just mentioned, that is struggling so much in their own, own end defensively, I would never take him out of the lineup. Fashing, we'll see. That could be a flash-in-the-pan type of thing. I, obviously, I am always skeptical of young guys. They can have little bursts. Holmstrom is the first exception I've essentially made since Taves, albeit not to the level. Like I thought Taves immediately was their Islanders' best defenseman as far as the eye test went, apparently the metrics as well. But Holmstrom is someone I definitely want to see stick around, and especially he, I think he's on the perfect line for his set of skills. And yeah, those are definitely a couple positives to. So I think you answered what was going to be my follow-up question: Is that you know if Palmieri is healthy and Clutterbuck's healthy, you think Holmstrom he stays and they and they work out whether it's Josh Bailey sitting or someone else? You think Holmstrom that deserves to just stay in the lineup? That shouldn't be a question. Josh Bailey can hardly even skate at an NHL level right now. I mean, he 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 looks like there's mud glued to his skates. He he is a huge detriment out there. He is awful out there. He's playing. I'm sorry, I know this is kind of the Saturday morning audience, but he is brutal out there. And like what you've seen from Beauvillier these last couple of games, oh, that's right. He's still a guy in his 20s and can show flashes and still is gonna have ups and downs with his confidence, but he's clearly creating plays he still has that speed he was able to get a goal the other night but also some great setups he is somebody who obviously can still contribute he can find his game bailey you, you can't go turn back time if i could turn back time if i could find a way yeah, <laughs> yeah <but> josh <laughs> bailey can't probably my favorite share song he can't find a way Unfortunately, I have lots of favorite share songs. Got to put that one number number one, I think. He can find a way out of the lineup, and that's just going to have to be what happens when you're looking at the. I mean, they've known this actually. They've healthy scratched him a good amount the last two seasons when the team has been healthy. We will see, but it's hard to deny that he's contributing considerably less than those aforementioned younger mm -hmm. players. So he would be the first to sit, absolutely. But this isn't already known. This has been yeah, known for a long time. I just, time. you know, it's it's one thing for it to be kind of, you know, healthy scratch here, healthy scratch there, whereas he's being supplanted by now a 21-year-old who's proved himself and that they like enough about to say, well, this guy, it's his roster spot now, and you're going to have to wait for another opportunity or an injury to get back. So I think that's... You know what's funny? You know, that's that's the plays. difference, you know? He plays mm -hmm. like he knows the team's done with him too. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. He plays like a guy who knows he's like, yeah, th this is kind of my last stretch. I, I don't know how to, I don't he's got another year not. left. No, I understand, but he's playing like a guy who knows it's the end of the road. His play seems so unmotivated. I, I do not know how to describe it, but even slow, lazy Josh Bailey of the previous two seasons looks considerably different than this level, unless he's just deteriorating to that. What what an old Had a goal and assist guy, in Boston. Had a goal and assist in Boston. Look, you can bring up those Josh Bailey playoff <laughs> assists, but it's no different than the Islanders' style of play. In the long run, the truth will reveal itself, and uh, he's a massive anchor on what is now that top line. They've tried throwing him on the top line, so... That needs to be rectified. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see uh, what happens there. I mean, obviously, Clutterbuck can't can't stick in the line. I'm neither can Paul Mary, and it sounded like Clutterbuck's um, injury this time 
you know, unrelated to his offseason shoulder injury, but they didn't disclose exactly what happened. He had got headbutted in that game against the the Devils and came back with the cage. So he's just been in and out, in and out. You know, he signed a two-year extension, and he wondered whether or not his body is just breaking down on him um, and uh, whether or not, uh, you know, he needs to have a kind of some considerable time off to to kind of uh, get a little bit healthy. And then uh, Paul Mary gets, un- unfortunately gets, um, gets hit again up high and, and has to uh, stay out of the lineup, miss a couple of games after returning for the game against Arizona. So it looks like at least in the short term, uh, both Holmstrom and, and Fashing will have a little bit more opportunity at least Thursday night against the Rangers and, uh, and uh, maybe the day after against the Florida Panthers. And then we'll, and then we'll kind of reassess uh, what this lineup would look like at full strength. Um, We're going to take a break. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about the Eastern Conference playoff picture. I want to talk about uh, sportsmanship and the game of hockey that we saw on Monday. And uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit more Christmas uh, items. Is that okay there, Andy? I jumped. You wanted to say something. Okay. No, no. You know what's wild? I was going to say something about the Eastern Conference playoff race. And then you said that's something that you wanted to talk about. So it actually works out quite nicely. So, all right. So then we'll go to the break. You are listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fan Sided Sports Network. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We're back, Joe Bono, Andy Francis, Eyes on Isles podcast, and I wanted to talk about the Eastern Conference playoff uh, race. Things tight, things are likely going to stay tight, but I'll just be honest, as a person who roots for the Islanders, who watches all Islander games, I look at the teams that are there, I look at the teams that are right there with the Islanders and slightly behind, and I go, which one of these teams do I have confidence the Islanders staying ahead against? And eh, it's hard to pick one. Washington, maybe. Uh, Washington now, after their uh, overtime win in Detroit, has a tie in points with the Islanders, although the Islanders have played one less game. And then you still have the Florida Panthers, who are the President's Trophy winners, who the Islanders can't beat. Um, Still trying to find their way after last season, uh, hovering there in the ninth and 10th spots. So, you know, Pittsburgh's gone through a winning streak. The Rangers have now won seven in a row. The Devils are slipping. And you kind of called that. I'll give you credit. We were recording last time. And 
Uh, they had that game against the Rangers where they gave up those couple goals within five, seven seconds. And you said, yeah, we'll see what happens if they lose this one. And sure enough, they've lost five in a row. And Carolina might be the best all-around team in the in the division. Um, and they they're are. right there with the Devils right now. So They are. They're doing that. It's without, hard. It's without. hard to figure out where the Islanders – the Islanders are going to have to play really good hockey, really close to 100-point pace again probably to, to stave off a, one or two of these teams. Well, I could easily go the other way and say – couple weeks ago people were calling for pittsburgh to be dismantled gallant to be fired and yes you can go look these this is how ludicrous people are by the way 100 point season gets them to a couple games of the stanley cup final because they get off to a start where they were one game over 500 a guy should be fired that's why i really just hate everybody online anyway looking at the rangers and pittsburgh We've seen massive losing streaks from them. And if you've shown something once, it doesn't mean it's an, it's an impossibility. And those same flaws can show their faces once again. Is it overly likely? I don't necessarily think so in the Rangers' case when you have a goalie like that. However, the Metro, I will maintain something I said before the season. It is a scam division where people claim everybody's good, but the only really good team that has Stanley Cup aspirations is Carolina. All these other teams, they're one level under that. They're not at the Toronto level. They're not at the Boston level. They're not at the – it's Boston, Toronto, then Carolina, maybe then Tampa. This Those other ones are in the next tier, which is why the Islanders and Rangers made it to the Eastern Conference Final two years ago, that they got the right matchups in the Metro. To me, I'm not interested in a wild card unless it's unless it's the – first wild card, which gets us out of the other division. If you go to the other division, that's it. Just say goodbye to the playoffs. I'd rather miss the playoffs than go play Boston in the first round, followed by the winner of Tampa, Toronto. No, thank you. You're finished. I'd rather avoid an embarrassing playoff loss and realize they need to do some retinkering. I'm signed up for one thing, and it's making making it through that Metro division where you see teams can be upset like Carolina was by the Rangers got pushed to seven by Boston and Pittsburgh who blew, blew a three, one lead hasn't won an opening round series in five years. The Rangers who had a two, nothing lead against Tampa blew that one. Don't have a ton of playoff experience outside of last year. It's Metro or nothing for me. And when I'm looking at that Metro, yeah, these teams are currently on big runs. All of them, Carolina, Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington, their last 10 are all 9-0-1 for Washington, 8-1-1 for Rangers, 7-2-1 for Pittsburgh, 7-2-1 for Washington. And then you look at some of those games that the Islanders blew, you know, Philadelphia, a tired Predators, tired Blues, Arizona. I mean, they kind of deserve where they're at right now, but they're close enough still where they can dig their way out of it. And, you know, the standings should be a big motivator to the team to show some urgency in their game because those points are coming at a premium, but they, they need to stay within that two to three spot in the division and the devils. I I'm growing increasingly unworried about them. You saw a classic early season. Oh, look at this. And then as play starts to slow down and teams start to get into who they're going to be and get real comfortable and ingratiated to the season, the veteran teams who you never see the best out of in the first quarter. Now the devils are doing their moonwalk down the standings and the Isles don't have the luxury of lollygagging the way that they have so much throughout the early part of this season. So, you know, I think in these next 15 games, you'll see what it's like because they're not the type of team that at the end of the year, as you saw last year, Oh, we just need to go on a nine Oh and one run. That ain't going to happen with this squad. So you have to churn out points now. So this next stretch, including this big one against the Rangers, is pretty important, if you ask me. And, uh, you know, we've talked about them playing up to their competition or playing down to their competition. Um, after the game against Arizona, their record against teams below them in the standings dropped to just 11-9. and nine. Um, Whereas now I think after the Vegas and um, game against Colorado – they are seven, four, and two. I'm not sure if Colorado was ahead or below them in the standings based on points as as things went off yesterday. But um, either way, you know they're they're not taking care of business in the games that they need to pick up points when points are going to be so crucial because the conference is so tight. I mean, losing twice to to Arizona, and I know they're not. You can't call them the lowly Arizona Coyotes anymore, yes, but can. they're still not. Eh, they're, they're better than lowly. 
I, I don't do this thing. They're 10, 15, and 5. They have 10 wins and 20 They're a bad losses. Team. Two of those Bowie wins came against them. Yeah. I don't, I, whatever you want to lie to yourself and call it, they lost to an inferior team, a significantly inferior team. You can team be inferior, doesn't make you lowly. <laughs> All right. Are, are the Anaheim Ducks lowly? I think, are, are they, uh, I feel like they're lowly. Yeah, they're, you're damn right they're lowly. And they're 9, 20, and 3. Arizona's 10, 15, and 5. These are garbage teams. That's a four-point spread between the two teams. Chicago is lowly. I say Chicago's lowly. Anaheim's well, lowly. Arizona's bad. They are. I mean, I don't know. See, like you're you're one of these justifiers. You know, you're you have an abusive wife, and you're just justifying because it's your wife. No, Arizona's awful. They've lost a home game and a road game. We're shut out by them, and then lost a high-scoring one. It's awful. It's embarrassing, and I sound like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> It's awful. It's embarrassing. Result, they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we listen, wish it's... you a merry Christmas. We. <laughs> I want to. I want to be optimistic here. I just, you know, just looking at the teams that are in this mix, and it just feels like, how are they not destined to just finish ninth again? But just a lot closer ninth than last because year. You're overvaluing uh, the teams in front of them. That's how. Really, I, 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 yes. I mean, I read the comments. The, um, I mean, how far do you think the Devils are going to slide all the way out? Oh, they're gone. They're missing the playoffs. They're awful. Are you watching these games? They're the Devils of I'm last year. I'm not watching the Devil games. Well, no, no. I'm what I'm saying is, are you, all right? How about this? Okay, fine. You don't have to watch every them. second of the Devil games. No, no. no I, I don't relax. Relax. I don't mean it like that. I'm saying look at the tendencies that you're seeing now they can't score on their own home ice they're being kept to one goal they're they're just not handling adversity which you'd expect of a young team they were on cloud nine all offense all the time offense dries up ladies and gentlemen good defense design. okay so just to recap devil's sliding rangers inconsistent five on five team relying on goaltending that hasn't been as good as they were despite the fact they've won seven in a row, really tough schedule coming up the rest of the way. Devils have a tough schedule coming up the rest of the way. Uh, Pittsburgh has had their surge, um, but still an, an aging roster. So, Yeah, 40-year-old roster. Which, how are they going to look at game 65? How, how, so which of those teams? So if you had to pick look? one, Pittsburgh, Jersey, and the Rangers, which one of the Islanders outlasting in the Metro to finish third and avoid the embarrassing matchup that you'd rather not have? The Islanders can 100% catch the Rangers, and they can 100% finish on top of Pittsburgh. 100%. Carolina, I believe, is the class of the division, and they're going to be adding Pacioretty. I think they are a – I really do think they're a Stanley Cup contender this year, and I have the Devils missing the playoffs. I mean, oh, wow. they're okay. currently – they're currently – I mean, think about how embarrassing this is. Right now, we're, we're going off on the Islanders. like Six points behind them. They're six points. The embarrassing to – if you look at how they've played against their opponents, Islanders are six points behind this Devils who have lost five in a row. Show me a team with – show me a Stanley Cup team, and I hope I'm not – I'm making this up off the top of my head, but I'm confident enough that this was it. Show me a Stanley Cup team that that just dropped five in a row. Now I'm thinking about those St. Louis Blues who were bottom of the standings like in December or whatnot. However, they're not destined for the playoffs. I mean, we're not even at the halfway point. Where it's not like it's game 60 and they just have to hold on. The majority of the season is still left. I mean. Okay. All right. So I'm overvaluing a couple of these teams. No, I, I mean. I know, you're not alone in your opinion. I mean, I posted that, you know, on Twitter, uh, you know, yesterday morning. And I said, it's hard for me, you know, to imagine which of these teams are going to fall out of playoff contention. And you have Florida there who has been scuttling along and. They're at 34 points, and you think they may make a run out of it at some point. So, you know, I'm not believing in Buffalo quite yet, no matter how many Tage Thompson highlight goals I, I there feel. You and, go. and I've, I've already been go. I've already That's, been discounting Washington. There but. you go. No, no, you well, you you have the appropriate philosophy. Now apply your Buffalo philosophy to the New to Jersey the Devils. Devils. Yes, exactly. They just had a much hotter start. It's a talent, more talented roster up and down, though, than than Buffalo. Come on. Yeah, what, what was their Achilles heel last year? They couldn't stop the puck from going in and chasing game. Now look, look recently. Look, they were blitzkrieging teams early this season. And now if your offense even dries up a little bit, can you keep pucks out of your net? 
And as of recently, the answer has been a resounding no. I think you just have to give them the opportunity to see if Lindy Ruff can, you know, I don't think anyone thought they were going to just play at this unbelievable pace all season long. They were going to have this rut. It's happening right now. Give them an opportunity to maybe learn from it and come out on the other side, then make the assessment. Uh, But, and listen, it's a bold proclamation. I know you're probably not the only one that feels that way, but we, we, we shall see uh, whether or not, uh, you know, which of the teams are tend to drop? You know, you have those three teams ahead of the Islanders. We'll say Carolina's the lock. You got the Devils, the Penguins, the Rangers, Capitals, even with the Islanders. Which of those three teams may slide and allow the Islanders to maybe get that three spot, have a two or three matchup? Hey, you know what would be great? How about Islanders-Rangers playoffs? We haven't seen it in 28 years. They only played three times uh, during the regular season. They're not scheduled to play at all in 2023. Uh, maybe that will be finally... Uh, the time when they finally meet in the postseason in the spring. It'll be 29 years since uh, the drubbing in 94, if that happens. I wish it was two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. This this team, I'd be scared to run out there. <laughs> <laughs> you can wait, go, go wait three decades for the playoff matchup. You want to win uh, when, when it happens. It's I crazy do. That I it do. Happens. I remember being confident. I remember being like 12 years old in 94 and just, you know, had gone to some games in 93 and during the 94 season, chanted nine, four, 1940 with my heart out and, uh, you know, was confident. I'm like, oh, this is great. We're going to be the eighth seed, play the Rangers. You know, a couple of years earlier, the Rangers won the president's uh, trophy and got knocked out by Pittsburgh, I think, in the second round. Yeah, they'll choke again. And man, that was an absolute drubbing. Ron Hextall and, and Jamie McClellan. Oof. Yeah. No good. Um, no good. All right. So switching gears, uh, the moment the entire hockey world is talking about Cal McCarr's sportsmanship, um, where he was not tripped by Matthew Barzell, uh, made motioned and waved to the referee to call it off. And um, the penalty was waved off by the referees after that moment of honesty. His truth set Barzell free. And uh, I guess it was a sweet moment. I, I don't know if it deserves all this attention. It sounded like it was instinctive and he really wouldn't have done it again <laughs> if given the opportunity. <laughs> so so uh, I mean, a cool moment. I guess it's happened before. There were a couple of video clips sent out that I guess Ovechkin did something similar a couple of years ago. Um, although it was really the first time I you know recollect seeing it, um, obviously, in an Islanders game. So a cool moment, especially when it's one of the premier players in the league and really another premier player or at least a all-star caliber player involved as well. But um, you know, your thoughts on the, on the sportsmanship, should we see more of that? Should we see more of letting the referees know that it wasn't a penalty? Well, I guess the reason he also has to apologize, it's actually indirectly, whether they believe it or not calling the ref stupid, like, no, 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 you got that blatantly wrong. It wasn't a penalty. Then the refs who just blew the whistle to stop it for a penalty have to go, uh, there was no penalty, which really is code for, yeah, I got, I blew that one. And I could understand why. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's done some naughty things earlier this year, and he's that classic guy who tries to ramp up his karma before the holidays, hoping he doesn't get that coal. You know, maybe Kale McCarr is living this double life, and he's like, if I do a nice deed the week of Christmas, it's going to even it all out. You know, like a karma golf score, bringing it to zero. No, um, I mean, it was... It was gentlemanly of him. That's really all there is to say about it. They were saying Lady Bing, right? He's got the Lady Bing all wrapped up um, after ah, after that, true. probably. True. That's all it takes. You just have to wave off one penalty a year, and you could probably at least get it to the finals of the Lady Bing for the Gentlemanly Sportsmanship Award. Um, I kind of went back. I'm like, did he think that maybe they were going to call him for embellishment, and that was no. kind of his initial reaction? No but no, it was, uh, no it was a clear tripping uh, call indicated by the ref. Um, also in the game, um, we got to see, you know, your pal, um, Devontae's and, um, he, he showed his flashes as usual. He had a nice, um, dart to the net where Butch Goring said, yo, is this guy a forward uh, with that type of speed? And then they actually referenced that. I actually had forgotten that he won the AHL fastest skater competition as a defenseman yeah. in 2017. And I found that old, uh, Bridgeport yeah. sound tigers tweet. And, uh, I'm not sure if he he blew by everybody. Yeah, He blew by everybody. I mean, it was always there to see. It was always there to see. And if you people want to point at anything like, how could you know? You also got to understand they played him as a third pairing defenseman 16 minutes per game. And in that 2020 Stanley Cup run, he matched Ryan Pulak in points. So he was the leading point scorer for defensemen. Also, given minimal opportunity, he was a third pairing defenseman. Maybe you can argue second. But when you look at his stats, 
to say like he never would have been what he was. And it's the most idiotic take anyone could ever have. He had limited ice time. If you were going to give him more of a featured role, of course he was going to go. And when you look at how Ryan Pulak offensively has dipped since then, imagine he would be our 1A offensive defenseman. Absolutely. And you can't point to the production in the seasons where he wasn't given a significant opportunity like his rookie year when he's getting 16 to 17 minutes a game. And then, yeah, by the time he left, he finally was getting more closer to what he deserved. But the writing was clear as day. It's one of the most boneheaded mistakes that really cost them five years of an extremely affordable top tier top 10 NHL defenseman. And it's and, something uh, that I just personally can probably never let go. And you have it to your credit. Um, yeah. The, you know, even Brendan, you know, mentioned it. Oh, you know, Devontae's traded for a couple of second round picks for, as the Islanders tried to alleviate some, you know, cap yeah, pressures, cap restraints. And it's like, you know, they had, he's like, they had to sign Matt Barzell and they had to sign Ryan Pulak that off season. It's like, they'd have to sign them to, Look, they signed them to the big deals years later. They Look, got their there big is extensions. a there is a press memo set out by the Islanders every year. I refuse to believe it. That if you're a public personality, you must stick to the under the cap scam plan. <laughs> we saw multiple teams, and then the second excuse is oh, roster COVID freeze. Oh, cool, yeah, because Nate Schmidt wasn't unloaded to relief salary. You saw the trades. You saw Mark Stahl, uh, not Mark Stahl, um, Jordan. St no. I'm getting my idea. Mark Stahl. A Stahl. It was a, it was no, a, it no, was a Stahl. No, no, it was Mark Stahl. It was Mark Stahl. You saw Stahl shipped off to Detroit because they needed to relieve Sal. You saw the same thing with Nate Schmidt. There were deals to be made. There was not some magic roster freeze where GMs refuse. There is a memo going around that you have to lie and say this because the very next year, Nick Letty was dealt anyway. So if that was going to be the case, why wouldn't you have dealt Letty for whatever you could get and keep Dave? It was a scam. Somebody made a colossal error and th there's a big cover up going on. This is a uh, what's like a big conspiracy. conspiracy. This is a JFK, JFK cover up going on. Oliver Stone there was a documentary shooter. coming out. Yeah. Yep. That's what I personally believe about. <laughs> I'm a about big JFK. Uh, I'm not going to say like conspiracy if I believe in the conspiracy, but I'll watch anything related to that like forever. It's on the History Channel. If the movie JFK is on, he came out with another thing that was running on Amazon that I watched the other day, like a through the looking glass thing. So, and, there, that and one, those files are still not released. They're still they're still not uh, completely uh, redacted and released to the public. So I want to so know about I, that I one. And then the second one I want to know about is uh, why uh, why the Islanders couldn't uh, come up with some other way to maneuver uh, their their they salary could. situation and roster to to keep Taze? I mean, basically, to me, it came down to that they didn't pro project the player well. Yes, enough. That, that's, I mean, that's what, what it, it came is. down to, right? Wake I mean, up, they just everybody! That's, that's what it was. He showed he was the type of player from day one. I started making a full video evidence form until people finally realized that I'm like, you know, what? I'm not doing this anymore. My point's proven. It was there since day one. They knew it. And as far as your claim they knew for, it, the, you knew for JFK, it. I don't look into that too much. I have zero interest in that one. But there is one that Bob Lazar story is fascinating to me. The whole Area 51 thing. And I am not a freaking alien guy. I don't give two rats asses about aliens or anything <laughs> like that. But when I watched that, that, just when I watched that guy's interview, I swear to you, I just happened to watch it, and I was like, what? Because I took everything out of Forget about what he's saying. As far – like, I spent years in acting classes. I know how awful your average human is as in, as in trying to, like, lie about things. And this guy, I just said, what the what is coming out of that guy's mouth? If the Grim Reaper came up to me and said, your whole life depends on it, is that guy telling you the truth right now? I would, I would die and say yes. So then I, like, reverse – searched everything about what he was talking about and then i became fascinated like i watched his interviews in the 80s and stuff like that and things that he talked about ended up coming true like th throughout these last couple of decades that one was very fascinating well, to it's me. been a big couple of years for the uh ufo crowd with all these images that the yeah u.s navy says they can't uh identify but they have footage of 
Yeah, like yeah, that was the the big New York Times article, and mm-hmm. I, I only I really only know all about I know all of this shit only sorry um, because <laughs> I watched that interview and then I reversed so then I learned about the New York Times thing then I I watched all, right. all sorts of stuff about it it was uh it was it was wild I can't believe that uh, so what do you think we'll know first we'll know who shot JFK Area Fifty One or uh, why the Islanders uh, traded Devontae's? Which one will we? Uh... Can, can, can I have dark, can I have dark humor for a second? Sure. I'm going to ask Lou whenever that day is in 35 years. What the hell happened with Taze? Was it you? Was it Barry? Who wanted him out of there? Because Taze supposedly has nothing bad to say about the Islanders. So I don't know. Difficult to say. Interesting. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this one up with uh, Christmas plans. You're headed back to New York. You're pretty much a frequent flyer, uh, back and forth. So you're headed uh, headed home for Christmas. Uh, what does Christmas Eve and, and Christmas uh, Day look like? Are, are you a, a Seven Fishes family? Well, what's going I'm gonna on? Tell you something that uh, if there are any Italians out there, I'm not a hundred percent, but I got half in me, so I guess I can blame blame this on the other half. But I don't eat seafood. So Christmas Eve, very little significance for me. So more of a Christmas morning. But as we were talking about for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, when you're just some random guy, what is a ho- what? What are these holidays anymore? You think I wake up in the morning? A lot of run football. To the tree? This, this year yes. is cool with the football. That's great to have the the football on. In your it's the situation, gift. it's like Thanksgiving twice in a row. It's the greatest gift. I mean, even the last Saturday was Thanksgiving. They gave us three games. This is this is great, and it's a probably one of the best Christmas gifts I could ask for. And I can kind of roll that into something we've been talking about. Or do you want to do you want to shift, or can I stay on the Christmas vibe? Yeah, no, stay on the Christmas vibe. All right. Well, just don't wish anyone else death. No, go ahead. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Huge difference between wishing death and forecasting when that date might be. Okay. There are gambling sites. I saw on a betting website, you could bet who was going to die first a couple of years ago, Artie Lang or Bob Barker. One due to old I, age. Happy 99, one... Bob Barker. Yes, sir. And uh, I believe we chose, uh, you know, forget about that. Anyway, let me focus on jolly things like Christmas. So, I think one of the reasons Joe stumbled upon me to help him with this podcast is one of the stories that I told about the bad Santa's melee this from Islanders history that happened almost 20 years ago. And what I will say is if you guys watch after the Islanders play the Rangers, there may be something on it featuring mm. my storytelling. Mm. So if, if, if everything I understand is correct, after the Islanders play the Rangers this coming week, uh, I may be making an appearance. Just maybe. Wow. Big programming announcement here. Yeah. Do I got to set the DVR or whatever it is I do on my streaming service? Well. When do I know for sure? I believe, I believe, you know, something tells me that this week, you know, it's Christmas week, a commercial will pop up, but Definitely during that game, unless plan look plans change all the time. But as of right now, after the game, they're going to detail <laughs> the Islander Santa quote unquote brawl, and I use that term loosely. And when you watch the show, you'll realize why I'm going to put brawl in quotes because I was the orchestrator of that whole event. Wow, which I've which I have mentioned a couple every mm. time. You know what? I can't I can't say more because. So we, we've the, been talking about some of the great mysteries uh, out there uh, throughout the course of this uh, this episode here, and uh, we just uh, lifted the veil on one of them, it appears. I think you just found the name for this episode, Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries. I watched that like nine years old, like nine o'clock at night, like I'm up in my room that, by that myself. That theme scared I'm going to watch me. Unsolved Mysteries, and then I'm going to go to bed. That theme scared me, and I swear to you, because I, I thought it was kind of like the Michael Myers theme. It was like a slight variation yeah. of it. But I don't want to um, say too much because obviously the same things that I would say here are going to be said there. And all I will let you know is that whole event, the way it gets reported, is different than it actually happened. And the reason that I know that is because I was the orchestrator of ooh, the whole thing. maestro. 
Yes. So that's that's a little tease I will give you. And who knows? There's always a 22% chance they can pull everything once they research some of the things that I've said on here. However, I think it's going to be up there. So check MSG for during the post game of the Islanders Rangers. Now the Islanders are probably going to be on MSG plus Rangers on MSG. I, it's going to probably be on the main MSG. So um, definitely That's check exciting. that out. I have to DVR the game anyway, because I'll be at Disney on ice on Thursday night. Um, bad job out of me. Did not check the uh, hockey schedule. Um, and uh, I'll be in, I'll be at the Bridgeport Islanders arena in uh, <laughs> total mortgage arena Thursday night. I think I'll be able to get home. I don't know how long these things could go. Maybe 90 minutes tops. Now, do you have Started seven? I think I'll be back for the third period. Do you have a, uh, are, are you the kind of dad that you have the phone off to the side? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not bringing my daughter. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I was going to start with that. I, I was going to say you're going with your best friends. I won't be streaming. She doesn't know right now. It's a surprise. So like her and her like best friend from uh, her school um, are, you know, the two parents kind of. We got together and said, hey, wouldn't this be a, a fun idea for Christmas time to surprise them? So both of us are going to just throw our kids in the car and not tell them where they're going. And then they're going to be hopefully really excited when they find out where they're going. And then even more excited when they see that their like best friend is there. So I'm excited. I'm excited just to see their reactions. But it should be a should be a good show. So I'll be I got news. For I'll be you, at Total Joe. Mortgage Arena Thursday night. I'm a bad Santa, but you're a good father. That's, Thank you. Sister. It's great to hear. You are you are uh, you, Billy Bob Boren and then Andy Francis right there on the bets analyst. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well that'll do it for this episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Although I think we'll probably sneak in one more episode before the New Year, and then uh, we'll see whether or not um, Andy's show is uh, still greenlit or it has been pulled. Uh, so yeah, for Mr. You. Andy Francis, everyone's favorite Florida man, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time. I'll Merry Christmas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.